All right. Well, it wasn't too long ago that I was telling you the story of my three main visionary moments that really defined why I push myself so hard because I recognize that there's more to the picture than I always understand. So I was telling you the story about my archery trophy and how amazing it was that I received this trophy that I was not expecting but had seen in my mind that I was going to win. And then against all odds, I went home with a trophy, even though I was not the top um, performer in the event. So you'll have to listen to the last podcast to get that information for sure. But I wanted to tell you the other story that sparked and a couple more bonus visions that happened in my life. So, the rest of the archery story. I told you that I was doing that because I had just really felt that I was going to become an Olympic archer. And I didn't really understand it, but I just am enthralled with the Olympics. And so after that experience of winning the trophy, I really started studying, like, what could I do? And I'm, I'm not the world's best archer, believe me. And, um, but I know that archery is one of the skills that you can do when you're older. Like, it's not, you have to be 16 and you're out of your prime, like the gymnastics. So I started researching what I could do and, um, trying to perform in shoots and so on. Well, unbeknownst to me, there is this thing called the state games. And so in doing these different competitions, we ended up qualifying in the state games of Alabama. And what that meant is that because of, again, being in a category that not many people compete in, I received a ticket, if you will. It just it meant that I could, I could go and um, perform in the state games of America. Well, that's when all the states come in and allow you to um, basically compete against each other in these different categories, very much like the Olympics. Oops. And so what that meant was I got to go. It was a several day event in Colorado Springs. And while we were there, I just had an amazing experience. We got to have the opening ceremonies where it's just like in the Olympics. They had um, Teresa, no, one of the, the Yamaguchi, is it Teresa Yamaguchi, who was a gymnast, was one of the speakers. And they had all of us come in carrying the flag from our state. And then we had the keynote when we got in there. And... 
there was a big musical experience, which was a Michael Jackson impersonator, and he did all this great um, event type stuff. He had himself on a um, a pole, like all the different versions of Michael Jackson, and then they danced and did all this stuff. It was amazing. It was the best experience. I just have to tell you that in my mind, it was like being in the Olympics. But the best part was I won my category and I got to stand up in the winner's blocks. You know how they do just at the, like at the Olympics where you stand up for second and third place. And I got to do that. And, and here's the, the amazing thing, right? I don't remember if I got gold or I got silver, but I stood up on those blocks and I cried because it was just like I was in the Olympics. It was just like my vision. And that's when, see, it's all these little things added together when you start to recognize that if you go after that thing that's in your heart, things happen. And it, it doesn't make any sense. I was not the best archer. I just, I was in the right place at the right time, willing to do the thing that nobody else was willing to do. And that's something that I learned in my archery endeavors is I shoot a style that not too many people are willing to shoot. And what that means is that I don't have a lot of competition. Now, other people could shoot my style and they probably would be better at me, but it's an awkward style because it's completely natural. And most people like all the aids and bells and whistles and expensive stuff. And instead, I like the zen of archery. Just the, the power of imagining that the arrow is going to hit where it's supposed to hit without a lot of um, controlling it. I, I don't know how else to explain it than that. But it's the same thing with our visions. When we see things and we give up on how is this going to happen and instead focus on the it's going to happen and just being along for the ride, that's, that's really where I celebrate. So that leads me to some of the other visions that I've had that worked out for me. And um, one of them was to be in charge of a school. Now, it didn't start out that that's what I thought was going to happen. In fact, I fell into being a teacher, which is a whole nother story that I won't go into right now. But I will tell you that when I came up one day with the thought of, wouldn't it be amazing if I started a school? And so it was a pretty long road and pretty crazy ride of me starting a school. And I will definitely do several podcasts. I'll maybe make that a whole series of just Tina and the, the, the realm of education and things that I learned. But in the end, I did start a school. A school that most people never endeavor to do because it was hard. I started a public charter school in the state of Oklahoma and we 
went with the mindset as of educators, not business people, which if you know anything about online education and, and think five years ago, um, online education is mostly ruled by big business. They started with software, like they, they made textbooks and then they made the online portion and then they created schools to sell their online portion so that they basically make a lot of money without a lot of expense. But we decided we wanted to offer families the best software, not the, that was like right for each student, not the software that was our product that we wanted to just put out there. And so we had a very uphill battle to fight and we didn't want it to be a business. We wanted it to be a school. And so we went nonprofit and that added its own extra wrinkles and challenges. And we were not very well liked in our marketplace. We were competing against big business who wanted the space. And even though we really honestly posed no threat whatsoever to the big guys, we were instantly preyed upon and through a series of unfortunate events, also known as political um, uh, exploitation, we were quickly shut down. Now, we did nothing wrong. We have audits to prove that we did everything correct. We unfortunately were too small though to fight the masses and we didn't have the type of budget needed to have the legal representation that we required and so our school was ended. Here's the really hard thing for me is when the school started I remember having this concept of where I sat back and I said to myself oh my goodness I have done it. I have started a school and schools go on forever schools are things, it was public school, right? I imagine a hundred years from now, long after I'm off this earth, I will have a school with the presence and people will remember this type of education and they will recognize the efforts that were put into this unique way of looking at schooling. So I gotta tell you, when they closed down our school, I was pretty crushed. And I hid for a while because of the sadness, because I'd seen that vision, right? But I'm a pretty resilient person and I moved on and I've had some great wins. I ended up in a job that paid three times as much as anything I'd done in education before, which was a miracle in itself. And I decided that I just wasn't meant to push that hard in that realm. And then many of you know that I became a life coach. And in my life coaching, I was required to set up a website. And so I started thinking about what do I want to do? And I, I just casually came up with this idea and I called it a life academy. And one day I was tootling around looking at what I was going to do and offer in my life academy space. And I thought, you know what I want to do? I want it not to be just a place for classes, but it's a life academy. It's classes about life. And it's going to be a lifetime. Uh, you learn for life. I'm a lifelong learner. So why not make it a, I'm a life coach for life and these classes are for life. And it hit me. And when these things hit me, 
I start to cry. And what hit me was, I have created in my mind a school that I am in charge of. It has no outside politics and hoops that I have to jump through and things that I have to do. But it is a school for people. The people that I care most about. The people who don't learn like anybody else. The people who challenge themselves in ways that only people like me totally get. The, the people who love the experience of taking on new information and doing something with it and exploring what life has to offer. And even though I didn't know what I was doing, this is that giving up on the how, right? I created my world. I created it before I even understood that that's where I was going. And here's the really cool part. I'm sitting in this vision now of knowing that my life academy is going to become this thing. It's going to be my future. It's the thing that I get to own forever. The rest of my life, I get to have my life academy. And I call it OOO, double O, Life Academy. And even that, the name, has given me so much pleasure because I did it for the acronym of ULA. And when I went to say, well, what is OOO going to be? And I thought, you know, it could be a lot of different things. It could be, uh, when I looked up what double O's is about, um, it could be Eyes Wide Open. And it's a graphic. And in the Eyes Wide Open world, you, you have a truth that you're approaching and looking at and you're, you're being honest about life and that fits. And then when I grew, when I drew my, uh, logo, what I decided was to intersect the O's like a, almost like a Venn diagram and make it be that intersection of unity. And the beauty of that is that as a life coach, you bring two different whole people together and where they overlap there's that synergy that happens and it's actually a beautiful symbol in sacred geometry and you know then I just I let it just be this thing that I call ooh and it reminds me of ooh la la which is part of the root of the ula movement or in uh, Harry Potter I'm not Harry Potter um Welcome back, Cotter. Do you remember, um, I think his name was like Weinstein. He was the student who liked to sit in the front of the room and raise his hand all the time and go, ooh, 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 because he always knew the answer, right? I mean, to me, this is just this fun symbol of where my business can go and the excitement I have around it. And so I don't know where that vision is going to go yet, it's a work in progress as I write this, but I know it's coming in the future. That's the excitement that comes from my visions. And so I'm just going to end with my last vision and one that's dear to my heart right now. And one that I, again, don't understand, but when God gives me these experiences, I revel in them because I recognize how important it is to just go with the flow, to let it be your life, the way that it's meant to be, right? So, um, I've told many of you that I was married for 25 years, and in that marriage, I had three wonderful, beautiful children, but that marriage ended, and I chose to let that marriage end in a very positive manner, 
in that I didn't want to wallow in the darkness of a waste of 25 years. Instead, I wanted to take the best of what my then husband and I created and the wonderful children that we brought into the world and not regret my past, but let it be who I was at that moment and just let that part of my life be that part of my life. And after that, I had this amazing experience. I teach veterans as they retire from the military. And on my very first class in January of 2016, I met another divorced gentleman who had been in a 20 year plus marriage who was very focused on his children. He had six of them. And we had, I teach the class that I was teaching as a contractor. It was a three day class that I was a part of. The three days we, we met eight hours a day. So 24 hours I was with this class of people talking about what they should do when they get out of the Air Force and tips and tricks for finding a new job and all of those great um, things that I was trained to do. And I had a chuckle in this class because this gentleman that I met Unbeknownst to me, I had been having a conversation with God for months and months as I transitioned into being a woman who was about to be divorced and separated at that point and everything. And thinking about, I had always said, I'm just going to be alone the rest of my life. There's no need to ever get married again. It's not what I need in my life. But I was getting rather lonely. And what I wanted was someone to just talk to. Like, it's a big thing to have a marriage for 25 years and then not have that anymore and not have someone you can share with. And so I started thinking, you know, what if I opened up and actually had a relationship and, and what would that be like? And casually I would say to God, if I had another husband, if, if that was something that was going to happen, here's what I would require. And I made it these big, high, big goals that would be impossible to really have in a person, or so I thought. Well, in the 24 hours that I was teaching this class, there was this gentleman in this class was very vocal, and he would, we, in the class itself, we have a discussion almost the entire class. And so as he was going through these different things that he was doing, it became very apparent that he was answering a lot of the questions in ways that my quote-unquote ideal future husband would be answering those questions and that kind of caught me off guard and so we would have class on Tuesday and I went home Tuesday night just kind of like wow here's somebody that I could talk to and then Wednesday night I went home thinking wow I kind of really like this guy I hope that I can figure out a way to get to interact with this gentleman for more time well on Thursday we exchanged phone numbers and before we went home from class, we had this interesting discussion and I drove home from that class that night in tears, notice that that happens to me, crying because God had always told me I was going to have twins. And it was a vision that I went, what in the world, how am I going to have twins? We already, my, my youngest at that point was 16. So I had given up on the twin thing long, long time ago. However, in meeting my now husband, 
in his discussion, he mentioned that he had twins. He had adopted them. And it makes me cry even now because I remember what it felt like driving home that Thursday afternoon, three days after meeting him and realizing that God had planned for me to marry a man with twins way in the future. And I had no, no idea that that was ever going to happen. Well, of course, my future husband did not even recognize that any of this was going on. He didn't contact me for a month. And for an entire month, I could see this vision of us getting married and having a relationship. And I knew what was going to happen. When he finally did contact me and we ended up starting a relationship, he did not know that that's the road we were going down. And um, we did get married. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary. And so I hope that you understand that I have really learned to take it seriously when my mind puts a vision in place I know that it's most likely going to happen and um, I take it seriously I don't always know the details I don't know exactly how it's going to pan out or play out but I recognize that it's coming down the pipeline And so, that's what I wanted to share with you today. A little bit about me and about how I take vision seriously. And, you know, I don't know if it's a seeing thing that I do. I don't think it's like a premonition. I think that God gives each of us these moments where we get to make choices. And if you're in a really good place when that opportunity comes and you recognize it, and you're willing to step into it instead of use fear to run away from it, that amazing things can happen. And so I hope that you'll recognize that my positivity and my message that I try to put out to people comes from that place, that place of, are you open to the opportunities that are coming your way? Are you allowing yourself to believe in the visions that you're being given? And a vision can be just an idea that pops in your head. And I'm not saying that every idea that pops in your head needs to be followed, but it's almost like life is like this giant connect the dot, where if you follow that glimpse from that idea, it may lead you to the thing that opens up the big picture where you're just kind of like amazed at, oh, this is what I was supposed to see or do or feel. But the key, the key to all of it is when you do have that experience, that you will let your emotions and excitement really play into it and see yourself in that place. Almost play with it and and you never know what's going to happen. So with that, I'm going to end the podcast. I'm a little over my 20 minutes, so thank you for sticking around. I hope that you like my, my, my crazy talk, I'll call it. I won't always share with such um, vigor, if you'll call it, but I, keep following me and I'll tell you more about why I think it's important to go into this kind of an energetic state. Um, it, keeps you, it keeps you excited about life. All right, take care.